I was, he was like going to cry when he was talking. And I was like, oh I get my there gosh, easy. Like, he's so emo and I love it. Yeah, I get there easily when I speak with things that I'm really love and I'm passionate about being like, make me evoke that just like heartthrob, like I'll cry instantly. Because oh. <laughs> I love it. That you're the perfect example of cry like a man. Because <laughs> I feel when you're speaking like that, that's what makes people pick up on it. When you're speaking with that much emotional conviction, that you're vibrating that hot, that much energy, that you're actually being your most authentic self. That's me feeling like I'm speaking exactly what I should be speaking at this exact moment. Welcome to Tip Talks Podcast. My name is Tiffany Marie Davis, formerly known as Tiffany Marie Boydston. A lot of you may know me or have seen me from my competing days as a top IFBB bikini pro. I have since then turned from a top 10 bikini Olympian, celebrity master trainer, and corporate dropout to a serial lifestyle entrepreneur. Let me tell you, friends, this has not been a walk in the park. There's five key areas I will be discussing in wellness, mindset, mentorship, business, and faith. My mission has always been in serving others through real life experiences with no fluff. Tiff Talks is about real, raw, juicy conversations to show you how to discover the champion you have within. Get ready, everyone. Here is where I show you how to take over your life. Yeah. My whole vibe, when I started this morning, I was like, I was not. I was slightly a little bit upset. And I was just kind of like, uh, like I like we gotta do a podcast like 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm not awake. And now I'm like, let's go. I'm like, this is so cool, like talking. Yeah. When I train, um, right now in hospitality, I teach people because I'm training leaders, managers, and I'm training staff. It's like, what I teach them is that you, and I always say this, you have to be red hot to make people lukewarm. And if I'm gonna infect people with positivity and inspiration, I need to be up here at all times just to get them a rise of temperature just a little bit. And I love that you told me that you, you feel like, all right, wasn't it? Where are we going? <laughs> yeah, because I was just, I, like I said, there was no expectation. I wasn't sure what to expect. And it's like, Tiff knows she's an early bird. Like I could have slept like a whole, like another hour and I had to get ready. And I was just like, oh, thank you like, for getting ready for me. You're welcome. And I was like, oh my gosh. I appreciate you. Yeah. Well, really? You look amazing. Photos. No kidding. It's like, I know. It's, yeah, we'll get into that. That's like her whole regimen and lifestyle and wellness and her guide and the whole, her, the way she takes care of herself is inspiring as well. Because it's like, I look at myself and I'm like, okay, well, did I do my facial routine today? Because if I did it, I'm sure I'm going to have the bags. And I notice a difference. So I try, I'm doing small steps where I'm like, it's okay. self-love. I'm taking self-love, baby. I started using like oils on my face and beard oil. <laughs> yes, like, I love beard. that. I want to get my husband yeah. into that. I want to be like, hey, babe. Self-love, man. Yeah, you know what my dad always says? When you look good, you feel good. My dad would go get a haircut when he didn't feel good. And I, I'd see him like, do you not feel good today? He's like, nah, when I got me a haircut, I feel great. So yeah. it's like, when you look good, you feel good. And if, you, if you're feeling down and you dress the part, you're just going to continue that energy. You got to make that change. Like, I love feeling good. I like wearing a suit because it makes you feel good. I like dressing nice. I got ready for this. I'm sitting in the house. I don't even go anywhere. I got dressed. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, I, I got nowhere to go and I'm dressed. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so good. No, and you know what? Really, um, energy is infectious. And so I love that you guys said that because Michael, like I think you're in the perfect position right now where you know you're you're right in the expansion of your brand and you know that you're great at raising that level of energy. And you know, Ferris being a testimony, yeah, she's not a morning person. I'm like at six o'clock, like, good morning, so <laughs> And she's like, oh gosh, <laughs> you can answer when you wake up. Just know I'll forget by nine o'clock. Cause I've already, you know, started my day and I'm like 10 meetings deep, <laughs> so, you know? So it's nice to know that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we have a choice, right? Like you said, it's that, that 
choosing your attitude. And she didn't know what she was getting into. And then boom, here comes Michael O'Shea. <laughs> so I think that's super powerful because of where you're going, you know, and mm. what you're here to create. And it took you 38 years to oh. happen to your greatness. And you're not even scratching like, just started. Yeah, that tip of the iceberg, you're like standing on it, right? And so yeah. you're, you're about to make waves. And, you know, I want you to really express with everyone where, where I guess, for, for you and kind of your journey and where you're going, what does that mean to you when you see, like, for example, Ferris? Like, what did that just do for you as far? Did that, that right there is, is that, that hug on your soul, like mm, you that mm-hmm. person want today? Yeah. Well, if anything, it makes me realize I'm being who I'm really supposed to be and I'm on the right path of who I am and to continue to be like this. There's no reason I should change for anyone else. Um, you had brought up something before that was about how we change for other people in Las Vegas being like how we, how we interact and um, you know, that we care what other people think. Like I know from the ego I'm developing for myself and have developed that I don't care what anyone thinks about me. I don't care what you say, what you do, what you think, not anything, because I know who I am and who I'm choosing to be every day intentionally is humble, is confident, is compassionate, is caring that I'm that person every day. So I don't care what you think, say, or feel about me because who I'm being is the best version of myself that's going to make other people better. So what you think about me is, is besides the fact, if you have a problem with me, that's true. You need to go look in the mirror because that mirror is going to tell you where the problem is. It's not me. Oh, that was so good because nine times out of 10 and I, I Maybe 100 right now. I have 100. That person, and I still work on it day in and day out. I care yeah. about what people say and think because I love people. Yeah. And, but I look at it in a different way. I don't mm. look at it as an obsession where I'm like, whatever you say or do is going to literally kill me or, or break me. Mm-hmm. But I'm so passionate about people and, and what they do think because I do want to, in some way, shape, or form, serve them. Right. So I still struggle with with that balance of knowing that it's okay for, you know, you're not going to get along with everyone, mm-hmm. not everybody's going to like you which kind of freaks me out a little bit because I want, I am, you know, I am a, like in a sense, people pleaser and being in hospitality and where I came from is hospitality as well and customer service. And, you know, that's just embedded at us in a way. And we kind of switched the flip or switch the flip, flip the switch (laughs) a little bit with what we're doing right now. Cause we're still in that self-serving hospitality environment yet we're also being told to not care about what people Mm -hmm. say or think. Right. And go put yourself in the mirror. Great. Okay. But one thing that I do say, Michael, is, okay, what energy am I giving off for, for this to be okay? What permission did I give this person to, yeah. you know what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So two books that really helped me in that department of, and when I say I don't care, yes, of course, if, if I'm impacting you in a negative way by me trying to be my best self, and that is harmful, of course, I do care, right? Because I, I don't want to harm people in my journey, right? I want to benefit people. I want to bring inspiration, motivation to people. But two books that helped me really with um, releasing the feeling of, of not caring, but doing it in a way that's with compassion and still caring, like, because obviously you do, and I, and I care too, yeah, and I, and I don't mean to say it like that. I don't care what people think, but if you're, if you have like, if you don't like me because of who I am, that's a self problem. That's not me, because right. you know, I'm not coming at you with negativity, with with swords, with backlashes. I'm not coming out with you with evil and poison. I'm coming at you with love at all at all costs. I'm always going to come with love first. And so, if there's a problem there, that's a self problem. And so, two things that really helped me, two books that really helped me was one is a book by Don Miguel Ruiz, which is The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements. Yeah, which is be impeccable with your word. So always speak truth. Always be authentic with your word. And something I heard from Jordan Peterson is just don't lie. You might not know the truth, but just don't lie about it, right? You might not know the answer. You might not know the truth about it, but just don't lie about that truth or answer. Another is, the other one is don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions. Ask questions. If you want to know, just ask. Don't make assumptions. And I love what Ferris said today. 
She didn't expect anything. Number three is don't have expectations because when you carry expectations then you would set yourself up to be let down. If you walk around with no expectations and you're like, you're open to just whatever happens. That's like, like a this, relationship nugget. Like, oh, yeah. relationship in your life, like no expectations because the more expectations where you think you're going to get a flower and you're like, I didn't get a flower. <laughs> yeah, I got a job. No, it's, it's so <laughs> true though. I feel like in general, I've had so many conversations lately with people like on the subject that both of you guys are touching on is there's a lot of like self-reflection. People really need to like, there's always the pointing finger of like, oh, you're doing this wrong. I'm in this problem because you did this. Like a lot of marriages or, you know, relationships, things like that. And personally, this happened to me in March. And it was like, it was really hard to be like, Oh, it's me. <laughs> it's hard. That mirror it's is hard. hard to be like. That mirror is hard. Okay, like you're right. It's me. Like yeah, that mirror is unforgiving. Me, yeah, everything in me is like it's you, and it's you, <laughs> and it's your fault. And the reason why this is happening is because you're not doing this. And then reality was like, have you ever looked in the mirror? And it's like, yeah. But have you really looked in the mirror? No. The excuses are easy. It's easier to point the finger. That's why. And I was a prime example. Like I was the worst at casting blame out, finding excuses, finding other reasons, not accepting. And yeah, it's not easy. It is super not easy. It, it's not. And here the other, that last, that last agreement is just do your best. Like you, if you're just doing, you can't do more than your best. It's impossible. It's actually literally impossible to do more than your best. So just do your best. Right. And if you can do all those things, what, what is the reason to care about or like, having worrying about an outside opinion because you've done all the best that you can do for that person in that short amount of time you, you spent with them. And the other book is, is by Deepak Chopra is uh, the seven laws of spiritual success. That book. Oh man. So good. So good. So good. I had a brain fart. I was going to say something on that. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that book is so good. Yeah. Um, I'll come back to it. But it, it was along the lines of, you know, really, I do not like when that happens. It was so good. You know, got a lot going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's just so many. The monkey, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't he yeah. Have, like, the monkey. The monkey well, the brain. downloads that are coming in. <laughs> yes, the downloads. Oh my oh, goodness! Good. Like, there's just so much that we can talk about. But you know, really, I think you know what you had said was it's really hard to you know be able to look at yourself in the mirror. Actually, it's quite easy. What's hard is, you know, facing facing the, the reality of like I got work to do. Mm. But yeah, I yeah, that's the hard part. Yeah, you know, but it's kind of like an addiction, right? Or knowing that you need help, owning that, and owning it, right? And and understanding that, like, it's okay to be like, and it's not okay. It's okay yeah. to be not okay. Like, it's okay to not be okay, and you know with your journey, you know, not everybody can, can go to that extreme. And mm, you know, for sure. For sure. I think that with what you're doing on, on tangible things, it sounds like you're doing a lot of reading and <laughs> something I never did for 20 years, 20 years. I didn't read a book cover to cover. Right? And then I decided to start telling myself the story that I don't like reading. I told myself, I don't like reading. I told myself forever. Oh, I don't like books. Well, I changed the story and I kept telling myself, I like books. I'm going to read books. I'm going to enjoy books. I like books. I like books. And then I read a little book and then I read a bigger book and then I read a bigger book. And then I've read like nine books this year. Dang. It's not a lot, but That's it's more than I've done in 20 years. <laughs> it's finding that time. Right. And I think like, for example, like what, to rewind all the way to what we had said earlier is setting up and I, oh, I was looking Dan Penna, I think is his name. Is that, I can't remember. 
I'll look it up and I'll get clear. I, get, I need to work, make sure I have all these names down. <laughs> but he said, you know, there takes a certain type of discipline and, and focus. Like my background is in martial arts. My mom didn't know what to do with me because mm. I was all over the place. <laughs> and she knew that I, I just had a dying desire and a determination just to never give up as a kid. That's just who I was. I'd fall and I'd get back up. I'd fall and I'd get back up and I cracked my head open and I'm like, mom, my head hurts. And I'm You've always been that person though. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, when, when you were in my life, like you also didn't know like everything on the back end, I was still, you know, in a very like questionable position about life in general, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I was just in the process of like, I was 16 years old living on my own, had to go figure out this big crazy world by myself. I taught myself how to be a woman. I taught myself, you know, but that's where that masculine energy came in because I needed to be that masculine energy for myself too because I didn't have that growing up. And all I experienced was narcissism, control, anger from my dad when I actually did meet him um, at the age of 11. So like seeing all of that, right? And growing into where where we're going and seeing that, yeah, I mean, reading books is great. and But really engulfing yourself into first and foremost, like acknowledge, I think we talked about it on our last episode, Ferris is like we started with an Enneagram test to really understand how you function, how you perform, you know, what your, your qualities are. And, you know, that has always been embedded is determination, focus, and a level of, you know, respect with myself because of the fact that my mom had put me through martial arts. Had I not Mm -hmm. known that, I don't know, you know, what my life would have looked like because I had that discipline. Now, fast forwarding into my life, you know, there's definitely things that just learning from you, you know, we can do those tangible things, but anything that you've said up until this point, if you said you can't do something, you can do something. And the the only way you do that is to do whether it's all, if all sorts of messy and you've fallen, like, you know, my story cracked my head open, you know, there's always a way to fix it. And, And there's always a way to, to come back and ground yourself. So, I mean, how long did it take you to actually be able to get through a book. Cause I mean, I'm struggling there sometimes I'll have audio and the book playing. Well, I started with audio and then, um, I had gotten a tiny book and I think it's from, um, a, he's like a pff, Thai Buddhist and his name is Thich Nhat Than. Thich Nhat Than, I think his name is, but he read this tiny book. It's called love and it's only hundred pages and it's tiny. You could read it literally. If you sat down in 30 minutes, you could probably read it 45 yeah. minutes at max. And it talks about just again, not having assumptions and how to self love. And I read that three times and I just would go back, even though I, I couldn't get through it in one sitting back then, even though it would probably now it only take me 30 minutes. I couldn't get through it in one sitting. I would read as much as I could until I felt I can't take anymore. And then I started picking up a bigger things that I found that I liked, which it was either spirituality or, or plant medicine or healing and things that I felt brought, made me better. So I had enjoyment in them. And then I would just schedule 30 minutes a day. This is what I did beginning of the year. I scheduled 30 minutes a day in my day to read. And I would get through books in seven days, eight days, just schedule the time and do it. And that was like you said, you just have to do it. One thing I I teach people too now in in hospitality is like, I work with so many bartenders now. They're like, oh, I'm terrible with names. How many people do we know that say I'm terrible with names? I'm one of them. I used to tell myself forever, I'm terrible with names, especially being in hospitality. Oh, I'm, I'll remember a face forever, but I'll forget someone's names. It's a fucking excuse. Yeah. You, you've given yourself the excuse to forget people's names. So when you meet them, you already have allowed yourself to forget their name. You don't listen. You okay. don't listen. And so I've had to stop telling myself that story. And so when I meet people, okay, she said it's Ferris. Okay, I remember Ferris. It's Ferris. Her name's Ferris. Her name's Ferris. Well, Michael, you want to know an exercise? Right. Um, yeah, tell no, him more. It, it's, it's, ooh, it's, it's deep. So are you ready for this? Yeah, of course. 
So we did an exercise where we had to learn everybody's names. And it was, I mean, we, it was in our EQ class and we actually had been with these people for a week and a half, two weeks. And we had to come back the following weekend and we had to go in a circle and we had two choices. <laughs> First choice was to recite their name or two. I don't care enough about you to know your name. If we didn't That's remember. What you had to say. Mm-hmm. Me and Michael's faces were like, oh. But it's true. Think about I'm it. You didn't care mean. enough. About Are you talking about in choice you had to do that? She's going. So I'd be like, yo, yeah. what's your name? Write it on your hand real quick because <laughs> no, I don't want to say it, man. No, you're cheating the process and you're cheating yourself because like Michael just said, <laughs> you literally programmed yourself <laughs> to be this certain way and we have to break you down to build you up, right? You have to reprogram. So, you have to go around in the circle. One, you have two choices. One, recite their name. Two, I don't care enough about oh you. Oh my god! Oh my god! That is so true. Oh man, that's intense. so. Um, I it's true. Like, was I? I was an asshole. I felt like an asshole. That was probably. Man. How many times did you have to say I don't care enough about you <laughs> to know your name? Well, there was sixty-five people in our class. I would have to say I said it to about fifty-eight. Oh my god! I probably would say it at all sixty-five. <laughs> and the the other people that I actually knew their name, I spent time with. I cared about them. I knew their family oh story. God. I knew they're back in, but that's how disconnected. And I chose certain people. I just didn't, I wasn't open wow. because I'm also like, I'm going to work so on this. Intense. I'm introverted. I'm introverted. And if you don't, if I don't know you, that's how I walked in the class. And this is where Clay said, he was like, when I first saw you, you had a resting bitch face. And it was because I observe everything yeah, yeah, yeah. very quiet mm-hmm. and very quiet. And it's only because I'm trying to find my safe spot. But from okay. the outside looking in, it was, oh, she's, she looks a certain way. She acts a certain way. Which but that's having expectations on you. That's also on them too. Yeah. Boom. Don't have expectations on Tiffany Marie Davis. You know, yo. One, of the, one of the other things that helped me with, with this journey of changing things, it was a book from Joe Dispenza called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. I love Joe. Yeah, he's so good. And so what I've learned in through my journey with medicine, what I feel it's done for me, um, I had one person ask me, one of my best friends of like 25 years asked me like, do you feel that it's made you different in a bad way? Do you feel like it's changed who you are? And I said, no, if anything, the medicine's made me more of my authentic self than I've ever been. Yeah. And what I've relate, what I've, what I give people analogy of, of when you start to change, like that book from Joe Dispenza, um, also the four agreements will help with this. And also mm-hmm. plant medicine is that, have you seen the matrix, the movie, the matrix? Red bill, blue bill. Yeah. Well, you remember the part where it shows him in that bath of gel and he has all those tubes connected to him and he looks out and he sees the harvest of humans of energy and like information, right? To me, that is what our society does. It's harvesting our information and it's, and it, and it's harvesting who, we, who they want us to be. And right. so we are programmed with all those tubes of information, of agreements and beliefs that we think we are, who we are, who decided to say that this is who we are. And what you need to do is then go in and unplug all of those tubes like he does and wash yourself out and become brand new so then you can start rewiring the new ones in and that's how i bring that analogy for people it's like you have to rewire yeah this is like bob proctor too have you seen the secret oh yeah i've, I've listened to the secret in 2014 okay so i personally think you should watch it every six months because oh, I should, probably just should. Re- reprogramming again our our outcome in life like mm-hmm. you just said it's like the whole matrix right it's like that warp and yeah. you see this warp of your reality and like what you're bringing in like has there ever been a time, like, for example, I looked at my 2020 vision um, and I wrote it down on the list and I'm like kicking myself in the butt for throwing it away. Cause I was like, oh, I'm going to write a new one. I'm like, I didn't see that. Because <laughs> it was the first time I was super intentional and I literally crossed off everything in 2020 that I said I was going to do. I bought a home. 
I started a podcast. I tripled my income. I've created a path to seven figures. I have Ferris as my assistant now. We've been working on that for years. Yeah. You know, we have my brand being started and literally everything that has been, you know, manifested in a sense. And, you know, I believe in God and manifestation. I do believe mm -hmm. that we can really, you know, project and think and really set that intention to bring in what we want. Um, but it, in a sense, you know, I did it because I worked my ass off <laughs> and right. I did the work. Yeah. And, you know, when we look at life and what we get to create, it all starts with you. And personally, like I, you know, I didn't have very much, you know, I grew up in a very, like, they always say it's, even if you're rich, your children should, should be raised in poverty in a, sure. yeah. in a, in a way where it's like nothing is given. You know, and like when I die, I want my legacy to also serve others, whatever charity mm. I decide to do. Nice. You know, I want to be able to leave this earth being remembered for something that was, mm, you know, me too. And in yes. every, you, I always say, you know, the more of an impact that you can make, the income will always follow. So don't focus on the income. However, it does feel good because money is a tool and oh. I have a achievers um, mindset, but I've, you know, we all do. We just, we just haven't accessed it but yet. That's the world we live in. We live in the world of, of money-making. So that needs to be part of your agenda. That's how you survive. <laughs> Unless you want to go live in the mountains off earth, money should be part of your agenda. But if, yeah. like you said, if you're just doing what you love, and I hate when people say that you don't work a day in your life, but the money will come. It yeah. will show up. Yeah. You know, one of my mantras is, um, you know, I'm a money magnet. That doesn't, that doesn't mean I anything. That. I truly yeah. have a flow of money. I have a good relationship with money. There's been times where I'm like, oh man, like I only made this and then I get to like get regrounded and I'm like, wait, it's okay. You know, and then you do like the, the ebb and flow and you're like, yeah. you are blocking money if you look at it in a negative way. Yep. And I, I'll own it. Like on Saturday, being an entrepreneur is not easy. It's not easy. Mm -mm. On the outside, I mean, we talked to uh, one of our girls, I'm not going to say her name because um, we don't want to ruin the podcast, but you know, she said that having an influence, you have to be okay with criticism and whether that's with self or others. And, you know, it's not pretty behind the scenes when you're on your way up to greatness. And it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of self-discovery. It's a lot of beating yourself to beating yourself up to rise yourself up, you know, and, and get over your shit <laughs> because really you're the person that's getting in your way and, and you're not in a, a place where, you know, it's a negative mindset. It's actually a positive mindset. You're just trying to grow through it. Right. And uh, with all that being said, it's just, it, it's not being a high achiever is not easy. And, and when they say, when people choose comfort over discomfort, like I really, like my heart goes out to them because you're, you're in this constant cycle of life of, you know, you never really truly got to see what, what you can be and you're going to die never knowing. Right. I like what you said. You like, um, uh, with being uncomfortable with the money thing. And what I've realized is with myself, highly with myself, and I'm, I, still, I still get challenged with this, is that when you get sick, okay, people want to be successful, whatever that is determined for people, they want to be successful. They don't want to just be an average nobody. Most people all want to be successful, whatever that success is for them. But what I realized for me is my successful and what most people get afraid of is what their life is going to be life when they're successful. And they're afraid of that because it's a huge change from who they are and who they're going to be that it's scary. And so you're afraid to go get it. And I, I challenge myself all the time. I get scared. I'm like, fuck, this is scary. Like I'm, I'm, I've done mushrooms and have seen my entire life play out in front of my eyes. And it's the mushrooms have told me like, I'm going to be a fucking big deal. Just keep doing the work. And it scares the shit out of me. Like, because so everything scary. about me changes. So scary. 
super scary, but that shouldn't be enough to deter you from that journey. And, it, and, and just to go get it because, and what we should be doing is like, Tiffany, you've been doing the work, which is great. And it's so amazing that you're achieving the success because you've put in the time to be ready for that success. You've put in the work, you've put in the time, you've forecasted it, you've seen it, you envisioned it, and now you're ready. But a lot of people just want the success to land in their lap. They don't want to do the work, you know? And that's one thing with intention setting. People think intention setting is just sitting down praying that you get rich and you walk out the door and you're rich. That's not how it works. That was a long time. With, <laughs> me too. Intentions come with free will and your free will is to go out and do the work. You can intention set, you intention set, you speak what you want to the universe, you say it, you feel it, you think about it, you write it, but then you go and live like that person because then it will show up. You can't just sit around and do nothing. Yeah. No, and I love that too. And like my girl, Angie Lisa, she actually has a book coming out on it. You know, ready is a lie. So when you say that, you know, you've done the work, you're ready. Ready, ready and perfect doesn't exist. I mean, we're going to go out there. We're going to make it happen, right? We're going to go make it happen, but will I be ready? No. Were we ready to launch on October 1st when we were supposed to? No, but guess what? <laughs> we made it happen, right? We were like, not Yeah, ready. we made it happen. I was not ready. I did all, I did all the things. Never ready. And, um, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I don't, and she was like, uh. We got into it. it. We, I didn't, I wouldn't say we got into it, but it? Tiffany was like, she was like, is this non-negotiable for me? And I literally went into panic because now looking back, like I was limiting my ability because I was scared because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what this code means. I don't know how to, where to go on this. I don't think it's going to go onto the website. I'm not sure. Like iTunes was one of the biggest things. And I was like, I, I don't, I said, that's not going to happen. And she's like, what do you mean it's not going to happen? She was like, happening. we've talked about this. And I was like, I know, but I'm not ready. And then I was like, I didn't drop the ball. And I sat there for a second and I'm like, girl, you've known this for like two months. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And that's what I said. I was like, wait a second, you know, and that's, and guess what? iTunes approved it on the day. And it said seven to 10 days. And guess what? October 1st, it was approved 24 hours later. So that's when you believe, you believe, you believe you, you put the work in and you keep going, no matter what you can make it happen. Right. You just have to go. <laughs> so, you know, I love, that. I love that. And earlier in the episode, I, one of, one of the biggest takeaways I think I also took was God has left Easter eggs for us to find. Mm. Bro. When he said that, <laughs> really my mind was like, <laughs> I need to go on an Easter egg hunt right now. <laughs> uh, the knowledge is there for you to find please really blow our mind i did hear that under- so so get this so this so being in religion and knowing how you know the bible and moses and jesus all this the year this is this blew my mind um and when i tell those people that are religious about psychedelics and dnt and things they're just like oh my god i can't think negatively about them anymore so the acacia bush, which is so highly regarded in the Egyptian culture, the acacia tree in the bush. Um, it's actually, it's been known throughout history that the acacia tree gets planted at the top, um, a piece of acacia bush gets planted at the top of where people die and get buried. And so the acacia bush is so highly regarded in the Egyptian culture. And the acacia tree actually contains tons of DMT, tons and tons of DMT. And so um, the acacia tree was said to be where I believe it was Osiris, his tomb was washed up, buried underneath, and then the tree o- overgrew his tomb. And, and that was where it was said to be the first God was ever born, was under an acacia tree. And um, the acacia tree is so rad, and this is real. When animals eat its leaves, it starts to release a toxin throughout its tree so that the animal starts to eat the toxins. And if it eats too much, it will die. Well, if the animal then leaves that tree, really like, oh, I, this tastes bad. The tree releases a toxin into the pheromone into the air to release the other trees so that they pick up on it and they start releasing the toxin as well, other acacia trees. 
so that the, the plant, the other animals can't eat them. Also, the acacia tree can go dormant for hundreds of years along the, the Nile and a, a river of flow of water can come through and it will come to life instantly. It will come right back to life. So it has this life and death type um, atmosphere already, energetic body with it. Well, the acacia tree was actually handed down to the Hebrews into the Jewish culture, which then processed down into the Bible. So the acacia tree and its powers were handed down into, um, into the Bible. The Ark of the Covenant, which is where... Jesus's mom sat is made of acacia. It's made of acacia wood. And so in the book of Moses, where he's up on the hill and he's communing with God, right? That's where he's up with the burning bush and he's up there communing with God. The burning bush is actually what's said to be an acacia bush. And when DMT burns, it releases the smoke, which is how you ingest DMT without being mixed with um, the ayahuasca vine. So when you breathe, inhale DMT, when you smoke DMT, it goes into the lungs, it's processed in the lungs, and then you can experience DMT. And that's when you start to be able to commune with God. You, your soul leaves your body when you smoke DMT. You have a soul separation journey that's about six to 10 minutes long. You leave this dimension and you're in a space of complete and amount, abundant amount of love and bliss. And that is said, it's, it's supposed to be called, and DMT is called the spirit molecule. And so Moses is up there with the burning bush of acacia, burning and burning, and he's ingesting the DMT and he's up there communing with God in another spiritual level. And so so it's, psychedelics are in the Bible. They just don't talk about them like that. And that's where he said to have gotten the information to then create the Ten Commandments, because that's where he says he pulls the Book of the Commandments from, is from the Acacia Bush, which is the Acacia, in term, is called the Acacia Records. The Acacia Records is information that lives in the spiritual level of where you can pull information down for your spiritual body from where you've lived in past lives, future lives, and current lives, that you can pull that information and use it in this world. The Acacia Records, everyone has some, everyone has their own. And so that's where he said to have pulled the Ten Commandments from, to then bring to the people for the book of the Bible. So the Akashic Bush and DMT and psychedelics goes into history forever. It's just not talked about. Hold on a second, wait. <laughs> okay, so it makes sense though, because this is what comes to mind when he said it was, it's a lot of people, and I'm just saying this personally, so if y'all want to come at me, that's fine. A lot of people don't believe for a number of reasons because it's, it's hard to prove. And this is a perfect example of why it's hard to prove and why in the word it's like, oh, well, it says this, it says this. Well, because of those little things, the acacia tree, you know, the apple, all of the things, it's because of the fact that in our reality now, they were on such a different high mm. of life that they explained it in that way because that's how they perceived it. We don't perceive it because we're not on that level. So when mm -hmm. we get to that level, then we can fully understand, oh, that's what they meant. But in an everyday person's life, you're not going to fully understand and translate what it means because you're not vibing high. You're not at that level. And I'm not saying like getting high and doing psychedelics and all this stuff is like, <clears throat> you need to do that every single day of your life. But to get to those realms and those different areas and different levels that's why that makes right. so much sense. Like, I don't know if that made any sense. No, I <laughs> but, get what you're saying. Cause we're not, we're not living on the level of, of, right. of experiencing those type of plants right. at a level more normally. Well, it's been told to us that they're bad, but if you read in the book, nowhere in the, nowhere in the Bible that does it say mushrooms are bad or DMT or psychedelics are bad. It never says that it wasn't until religion and culture that became domesticated that that was bad because what does that do? It opens you up to that state of being It lets you live and think and act. Yeah, they don't want level. you there. Well, right, of course. And so psychedelics break that barrier for you. They remove the veil for you. They let you allow you to think and become who you truly are. And that's where psychedelics have to have an uprise. That's why mushrooms are becoming legalized now. Um, things are happening. The uprise is changing and the masculine energy is starting to be diminished by the feminine uprise of the earth because 
the earth is feminine and God is masculine. And that's where the ebb and flow of yin and yang are. That's also balance. People are even microdosing mushrooms at this point just mm-hmm. to live on a certain vibration. Right. Like, you, you, you have gamma rays that start to interplay when you're on psychedelics that open up waves of thinking that you can't normally act at. Gamma rays are what is called the flow state. And when high performing athletes like Michael Jordan or orchestra people or playing instruments are, are in their flow, when they're flowing, when this is like, how is this person even real? That's the gamma rays in your brain actively flowing nonstop. And so psychedelics help you open that gate more often. And that's where you can get thoughts, ideas, information that's all there mushrooms are upset indigenous say mushrooms are creatures from from space they've traveled to the universe for ever and that they've been around on earth longer than humans they've been around before anything and that mushrooms carry information from the universe for you to interact and receive on that note i'm over here like okay what can i take to be like i think it's time to do some serious mushrooms dmt and ayahuasca in my future very soon I mean, I take mushrooms, but obviously without the psycho, psychoactive component. Uh, I take mushrooms day in and day out for immunity, for yeah, adaptogens. Uh, mm-hmm. That's something that non-negotiable. So, you know, it's not much different than what we're already doing anyway, you know? And so this is just tapping into a different space. So, man, we're going to have like 20 <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have to have you back, Mike, because this is just going to, I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to be like, okay, so... Can you keep going? <laughs> right? And we keep on forever. So here's the thing. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm so grateful to have had you and really Thank dig you. into the Michael that, that is, that has meant to be, I should say. And it's, it is inspiring to see your growth and to see what, how many people you're going to help. And I know that just from this podcast alone, it's going to help so many, you know, and I just know that you're, you're here to, to make an impact. So, um, thank you so much for being on and I look forward to our next Uh, get together and I know it's going to be very soon so absolutely thank you so much I look forward to it and and, um, like I said like we said I look forward to doing business with you and work with you and impacting people's lives and just figuring out where this journey takes us on the the non-linear A to B that we're looking to get to that's right that's right thanks you guys thank you ladies see you later